0: Hey everyone, this is your girl Amber and this is Reaching Your Potential, episode 12. Today in this episode, we will be discussing pediatrics. First of all, I apologize for having that week off from last week. I was actually celebrating my birthday and I was away for a little bit and it was very needed not to do anything work-related. So I just needed that break, but I'm back at it. As I mentioned before, we are going to talk about pediatrics, some tips on how to study this topic because I feel that we get really scared (laughs) on this. I know for me personally, I was struggling when I was studying for pediatrics. So I'll give you guys a few tips on what I did as well as break down some important things you guys should know when you are facing any questions on the NBCOT exam that has to do with pediatrics. So let's get started. Okay, pediatrics. So, when I was studying for pediatrics, the first time I took the exam or preparing for the exam, I was studying everything. <laughs> As you guys may know now, pediatrics is not really my forte. I love older adults, so I love adult based things. So, whenever I was faced with pediatrics stuff, especially in grad school or undergrad, just my OT program in general, I wasn't really fond of it. It was cool, but I already knew that pediatrics wasn't going to be my thing. A lot of different milestones and stages are really important to remember in the pediatric world, and I wasn't ready for it. I, I honestly didn't want to do it, but for the NBCOT exam, you have to know at least some things. I mentioned in a previous episode, I believe it's the episode where I talked about some tips on how to pass the exam. And one mistake that a lot of people do is they study a lot of pediatric stuff and they don't have enough time studying other things. So that was my mistake during my first attempt of taking the exam is that I studied a lot of pediatrics and I was just thinking more about the milestones and then when I looked at the exam I barely had any pediatric questions. So that kind of gave me an idea that okay, for my next attempt I'm not going to study as much or as long for pediatrics versus other topics where they they have more than 5 questions. So after trial and error of trying to figure out a way to remember these different pediatric milestones or just things that consist of pediatrics, I thought the best way for me was to write things down, but also to have some type of visual mnemonic, if that makes sense. So what worked for me was buying these big index cards from Amazon and I love writing in different marker colors. So you name it, I had it different color highlighters, but also I use Google and I use different pictures to help me kind of have an idea of what a kid would look like at that stage. Another thing that I did was, instead of studying the milestones separately, because I know, for example, the NBCOT textbook or the Therapy Ed textbook, they break down the different developmental stages by different sections. So self-care to physical development to cognitive development, they do them all separately. So what I did is I put them all together based on that certain milestone. And I had a picture. That would kind of give me an idea of what the kid would look like at certain stages at each time. But pairing that cognitive development part, that physical development part, everything that deals with a certain thing for that kid at that certain age or month, I put it all together on one card. And that's what I did to kind of help me (laughs) remember some things. While I was doing that, I was also thinking of ways or some type of phrase to remember just one month of that kid's life. Because to be honest, you're not going to remember each month. (laughs) You know, you're not going to know, well, at two months, they can do this. At three months, they can do that. At four months, they can. That's just very stressful. So what I did is I broke down those important Milestones or the important months that makes or breaks why the kid needs OT. So I started out and did ranges. So I will explain each one I did and hopefully this will make sense. So the first thing I did was I ranged the first part was zero to three months. Zero to three months and I took a picture, I went to Google. And I looked up, what does a three-month baby look like? And most of them are not really doing a lot, okay? They're unable to move their heads. Their heads are just kind of flopping everywhere. So what I thought of was zero to three months is bobby-headed Billy. <laughs> bobby-headed Billy who accidentally rode to his side because at that age or even at that certain month, that kid is unable to control their body. Gravity is controlling their body. So wherever gravity goes, their head is going there. And what I did was create a picture of, (laughs) I found this picture on Google. It was of a bobblehead baby. (laughs) And it kind of gave me the idea, okay, their head is bobbing everywhere. Because at zero to three months, they don't have that control of their head yet. So that's what I did. So for zero to three months, we know that everything... Is involuntary control a lot of reflexes are going on here, such as the ulnar polymer grass? So, involuntary releasing skills are there when they're at prone, which means that their belly is on the floor, they can only move their head side to side and they have that tucked chin because they're unable to go against gravity to hold it up. And when you see them on supine, which means that they're back is flat, they can do the same thing. They can move their head side to side, but they can't control the head movement. And when they are sitting, when they are at zero to three months, they must be held in the sitting position, but they're able to maintain some type of head stabilization because they are having that head tucked in, but their back is going to be rounded. Last thing to keep in mind when we're looking at the range between zero to three months, is that psychosocial, cognitive, and play development. So psychosocial is Erickson. Cognition is PJ, and then we know about play. So between zero to three months, Erickson's phases, which is the psychosocial aspect, we see that this kiddo is in between that basic trust versus mistrust. And the most important thing is that they are trying to survive at this point. So most of their reflexes are dealing with survival. Think about the rooting reflex. They are sucking because they need that nutrition in order to survive. They're not eating yet. They are being fed by the mom at this time. So the rooting reflex is really important here. So comfort will be met at this time. When we think of P and J, that's cognition. And at this point, between birth and two years old, they will be in the sensory motor stage. And this is kind of like that cause and effect motion, where they do a lot of repetition. So a lot of these different toys that kiddos play with at this stage, when you press a button, something lights up. If they press a button, something pops open. And that is exciting to them. You know, they are being very explorative at this age or at this month of their life. And then with play, as I mentioned before, is exploratory. They are exploring their environment. They are trying to figure out how the world works. Why is this light here? Why that color looks so bright? You know, they're just exploring objects and they're exploring people. And this is the beginning of engaging in play. All right. So the next ranges that I wrote down are four to six months. And what I did, based on everything I wrote down with those ranges, I found out that a lot of things that are going on is sitting. This kiddo can sit at six. So think of that, that the baby can sit at six. And what I thought of was Wide-legged Wendy, who props sits and rolls over. So now the kiddo can actually sit, props it, and instead of accidentally falling to one side or accidentally rolling over, they can actually voluntarily do it. So on prone, when the baby is on their belly, they can now shift weight on their forearms, and they can also bear and shift weight on their extended arms. So because they can do this, it's something really important to mention is that equilibrium reactions are now present at this time. So if you look back and look at the different types of reactions such as parachute, tilting, downward and prone, if these doesn't sound familiar, just check it out. This will make a lot of sense as to why the kiddo can do this. When they're in supine, which means they're on their back, Now the kiddo has good head control and good core strength. And because they have good core strength, they're able to prop sit instead of having that rounded back. And we know when we have good core strength, we're able to sit up right a little bit better than if we don't engage the core. Another thing to mention between that four and six month range is that they can bring their hands together in space and they can actually kind of open it. And that gives us that palmer grass. So we know in order to initiate that palmer grass, you have to place something on their hand or the palm. So whether it's your finger, whether it's a pencil or a marker or a toy, they're going to automatically grasp it. Another thing that they do is that they can bring their foot to their mouth and bring toys to their mouth. So at this stage, you're putting a lot of things in their mouth. So you have to be careful what you give them. When they're sitting, as I mentioned before, they can prop sit. So when they're sitting, they can support themselves momentarily, but they can use their arms to support themselves. And they can also get to sitting from prone. Standing is not really a big thing right now. But they do have an increased ability to bear weight on their legs. And as I mentioned before, they can roll from prone to supine. And at six months, they can roll with initiation from their head, which is also known as neck on body riding. So some things to mention between four to six months, elbows on floor at four, right? Because remember, they can bear weight on their forearms and they start to sit at six. The psychosocial, the play and the cognition is the same thing as when they were zero to three months. So Erickson's still in that trust versus mistrust phase. Piaget's is still sensory motor and the play is still exploratory. When they're now getting into feeding, they are able to actually take cereal and poured baby food from a spoon between five to seven months. And between six to eight months, they can attempt to hold a bottle. Ooh, I know that is a lot of information to mention, but take a break. Rewind if you have to in order to get all of this information written down on a big index card or a paper because looking at this in one setting and not looking at it again is not going to help. You have to constantly look at this stuff. So the next range of months that we will look at is between 7 to 10 months. And in order for me to remember this, I thought of couch cruising Connor who creeps and stands. And in order to remember that, I googled a kiddo who is in that cruising phase. And we know that cruising is when the kiddo can kind of walk, but they are furniture walking. They're using the furniture or a couch, a dresser, something to help them navigate around so they don't fall. So when the kid who is between this range is in prone, they're able to pivot. And what's really cool is that the kiddo can now successively roll and they're starting to crawl and creep. So crawling is a little bit different than creeping. Crawling is when they're actually on their belly and that starts at seven months. And creeping is when they're on their hands and their feet and that starts at 10 months. So keep that in mind. When they're sitting, they can now sit without support. And what's really interesting here is that this is when this STNR phase comes into play. So what is the STNR? I'm glad you asked. It's the symmetrical tonic neck reflex. And a way to kind of remember this is I think of a bear crawl. And if you know what a bear crawl looks like, we're on fours and the precursor for this is a crawling position. So it's interesting with this reflex, our upper body is doing the opposite of what our lower body's doing. So if our head and arms are in flexion, our legs are going to extend. And if our arms and head do extension, our legs are going to do flexion. So it's literally doing the opposite. So during the seven to 10 months phase, this is really important because they cannot crawl and creep without this reflex. But we need to know that this reflex has to be integrated, meaning that it needs to go away because if it's retained, sitting up will be very difficult for this child. They will have poor muscle tone and posture and having the SCNr reflex still retained will resist movement to sit up. So it's really important for this reflex to be integrated. But This is really important to think about during the 7-10 to phase because the STNR reflex is playing a key role here. So we know that this kiddo can now sit without support. And when we're standing now, they can rotate their trunks over their lower extremities. They can also pull themselves up to stand through a half-kneeling position. At 9 months, they can stand alone momentarily, but not for too long. And the way that they can walk is through furniture cruising. So they can take a few steps without using a furniture, but they will fall easily. I know that is a lot, but also think about this mnemonic or this phrase, sit on high at 90, okay? They can sit without support at at least nine months. So if you don't remember anything that I mentioned, Think about those quick phrases because that kind of gives you a good picture or a general sense of what the kid can do. Last but not least, when we look at the psychosocial, the cognition and play, they are in the same stages as we mentioned before, but now they have advanced just a little bit in feeding. They can now hold and suck on a cracker. Remember, they're only sucking on a cracker, not biting it. And they can also finger feed at nine months. Last thing I'm going to talk about in this part of pediatrics, I just thought about it and I believe I need to do a two-parter because it will be very, very long for me to do all the different ranges that I studied. So we're just going to break it apart. But the last range that I'm going to discuss on this episode will be 11 to 18 months. And we are going to be introduced to Rarely Falling Randy who rotary chews and spoon scoops. For my visual cue, I went on Google and I looked for a kiddo who is scooping (laughs) some food with a spoon, so I had an idea of some ideas, you know, what a kiddo will look like within this range. A kiddo that's between 11 to 18 months, they're able to roll, able to creep, but also stair climb. So they're able to creep well and creep up the stairs. When they are in sitting and standing positions, they have good trunk control as well as balance. When the kiddo is walking now, at at least 11 months, they're able to walk with their hand held, reaching out when cruising. And at at least 15 months, they're able to start and stop walking. Since we are in this 11 to 18 month phase, the kiddo has reached at least one years old, so they can now start participating in some ADLs. So at one years old, they are going to be able to take off their shoes and socks by themselves. And even at one years old, they should start to feel some type of discomfort when they are wet or soiled. At 18 months, they're able to sit on the toilet with supervision. When we're looking at the psychosocial, the cognitive stages, they are still in those same stages as stated before. But with play, we have now left the exploratory stage and now entering the symbolic phase. This is where make-believe or non-realistic play objects comes into play. Also with feeding, when the kiddos between 12 to 14 months, they can dip a spoon into food into their mouth, but it's going to be pretty messy. However, when they get between 15 to 18 months, they can scoop the food with a spoon and bring it to their mouth with better precision. Whoa, that was a lot, I know, I know, I know. But these are some important things that gives you a generic idea of what a kid will look like within those ranges. Do not spend so much time trying to remember each month and each year because it's going to be very difficult. What I thought was better is to group them into different ranges and having pictures to help me have a visual cue of what they will look like. I hope that might help. Try that out. If it didn't help, also let me know. But if it did work out, definitely let me know. The next episode will be on part two of these different ranges. I'll be going until ages five to six. From there, I feel that kiddos don't really need OT by that time. But maybe they do. Sometimes they do. But developmental-wise, I felt that six was a great way to just stop there. (laughs) But if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that I mentioned in this episode, definitely hit me up. But I will talk to you guys later this week. Talk to you guys later.